just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your week is going well. So far, so good for me. Always plenty of stuff to talk about, and uh, that's what we're going to do. You know, we've been hearing about this negotiation with the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, the Build Back Better bill. And it's been going back and forth, and we're hearing one thing, and then we hear another. And it doesn't seem like, as of yet, that there's any real progress being made. Well, there has been some progress being made, but there's no deal done yet, at least at last report. And we don't know if or when it's going to be dealt with, signed, passed, and signed again by Joe Biden. So we're all waiting with bated breath. There's a lot of good things in those bills, the bipartisan infrastructure bill and the uh, reconciliation bill for the people of this country for once. It's been decades and decades and decades since an investment has been put into the people of this country. It seems ridiculous to say that, but the fact is, it's true. So we're waiting on this. And one of the big factors in this reconciliation bill is the monies appropriated for climate change. Now, we know climate change is a big deal. We saw the drought. We saw the fires. We saw the hurricanes. Climate change is actually affecting us in this country, hurting people, hurting economies. And it's largely due to the fact that for four years under Donald Trump, he pretty much ignored it, said it was all a hoax. So the climate change being addressed in this bill is pretty important. It's about time we did something with it. Unfortunately, there's a uh, problem, and that problem is Democratic Senator Joe Manchin. He's not interested in having the climate change addressed in this bill. In fact, he'd like to see it stripped away, which is interesting. It makes a little sense because Joe Manchin represents West Virginia, and they're a big coal state. Green energy addressing climate change would work against the coal industry. And let's be perfectly honest with you. The coal industry is like being a, uh, a blacksmith. It's kind of outdated. It's not necessary anymore. I understand there's a lot of people who work in that business. And people will be out of jobs, and it's important that the government find different spots and different positions for these people who work in the coal industry. But here's another interesting thing about Joe Manchin and this climate change issue that maybe a lot of people don't know, and that is that Joe Manchin, in fact, has some financial stake in a coal company in his home state of West Virginia a coal company that is run by his son. Interesting, right? Well, each and every year, Joe Manchin 
receives a payment of $400,000 from said coal company and its son. Now, that sounds interesting, but that's not it. You see, Mama Mansion, Joe's wife, the kid's mom, also gets about $600,000 a year from that same company. So the mansions as a couple are earning $1 million every year. What seems kind of weird, why would you put in all the time and the travel and the work to be a U.S. senator to make $185,000 when you get a million dollars every year free and clear and you don't have to do anything? I mean, Jesus, he's 74 years old. When are you going to retire? Why is he putting in all the work as a senator when he's getting a million dollars a year from his coal company? Well, because he's got some influence on what the government does with coal companies and clean energy. See, he's fighting for his own benefit, which doesn't surprise anybody. We know Joe Manchin does a lot of this. We know a lot of senators and representatives who are working for themselves first. And if you benefit a little bit, that's, that's, that's icing on the cake. But mainly it's about let's do for me. So Joe Manchin is earning all this money from a coal company, and you would say to yourself, my God, that's conflict of interest. That can't be legal. But here's a sad state of things. Here's the scary thing. Everything that Joe Manchin is doing by collecting a million dollars from a coal company in his home state run by his son, perfectly legal. He's not doing anything that is illegal. Now, that seems weird, doesn't it? But here's why he's not doing anything illegal at this point. You have to wonder, what is the oversight over Congress? Well, the only oversight over Congress is Congress. So they can basically do whatever they want And even if the people of this country don't want them to do it, they don't have to stop doing anything because they have the ultimate control. I mean, think about it. You got Joe Manchin making a million dollars a year from a coal company that his son runs, and he's the final vote on whether we have climate change being addressed in the reconciliation bill. That seems fucking outrageous. But let's go a little further. We know that people in the Senate and the House can do insider trading, something that none of us could do without going to jail, but they can do it. Then you throw in the fact that a lot of people in this country think we should have term limits in Congress, but it never happens. Again, why? Well, because Congress is the only oversight over Congress. They don't want to change those things. They don't want to address those things, so they don't have to. So while Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema and Mitch McConnell and these people might be a problem, the big problem is, why don't we have some oversight over Congress? Why can they do whatever they want? Why are they not accountable for those things that the rest of us would do that would be thought of as unethical or illegal. Why can they do that? That's the good question. How do we change that? Well, first, we've got to become aware of it, and that's why I'm telling you right now what's going on. 
We have to be aware of it, and how we fix it, I don't really know. I don't honestly know. But clearly, it's something that we must do and must attend to. Otherwise, this bullshit will continue to happen in this country. These people will take advantage of their positions to enrich themselves. The general public, the middle class, be damned. Now Joe Manchin is talking about, oh, I don't know if I like that billionaire tax. Why not, Joe? You seem like you're okay with it a couple days ago. Who got to you? Did you get a couple of calls from billionaires saying, Joe, you can't do this. I'm going to give you a bunch of money. You can't do this. See, that's the thing between Christian and cinema and uh, Joe Manchin. They've been dicking around with this for literally months. They've been holding off this bill and getting it voted on, killing time, because that's what they do. That's what Republicans do, and these two idiots are as close to Republicans as you can get without being Republicans. They can say whatever they want. They can make these stupid claims or, or plead innocence to these things, but it's all true, and it's all there. And you don't have to be a genius to look at it and say, oh, that's fucked up, because it is fucked up. Now, all of this is, is, is having an impact on this infrastructure bill, the bipartisan bill, and the reconciliation bill. Here's the deal. The Democrats, the progressives in the Democrat Democratic Party, have said, we'll pass the bipartisan bill if you give us what we want in this bill, the reconciliation bill. And on many occasions up until now, they've said, okay, yeah, we can do that. And then they suggest, well, let's just pass the bipartisan bill, and then we'll work on the other one. Well, the progressive Democrats aren't stupid. They know that it'll get uh, sent away and delayed and delayed and never happen. So I have respect for the Democratic progressives. They know these people will scam them because that's what Republicans do. That's what Manchin and Cinema does. So they've got a little leverage and they're going to use it. Cinema and Manchin want the uh, bipartisan bill passed, but they aren't going to get it unless... They do something on their end. And up to this point, they have done jack shit. They haven't done a thing. So that's where we're at. We're at uh, loggerheads. you got the progressive Democrats, and you've got the regular Democrats uh, who want to pass something. And then you've got Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. It's impossible to get all three of them on one page at this point. I still do think that both bills will be passed. But it's all the dicking around up to this point that is very frustrating, not only for us, but for Joe Biden and some other issues. I mean, see, that's that's the thing you have to understand. By the time you hear this, Joe Biden will have delayed his trip to the climate summit so he can go talk to the Democrats again so that hopefully he can get something done, something agreed upon. Because when he goes to the summit, he wants something in hand, something in his pocket that says, we're doing something about climate change, whatever it may be, so that he can encourage other countries to do something similar. But if he doesn't have that in his pocket, if there isn't some agreement, then he might look a little bit like a failure, at least at this point in time. Some of the Democrats have said it'll go till October 31st, which is 
this coming Sunday. And I don't know if uh, that's even enough time at this point. See, that's what happens in Congress. It seems like everything's in disarray, that it's not going to happen. They're dicking around, playing with this stuff. And then all of a sudden, yep, we came up with a deal. But the question is, at what cost? And that's what I'm concerned about. There were a lot of things. Everything in that bill was to help the general public, the middle class. So what are you going to take out? What are you going to limit? What are you going to do to justify to take away uh, paid home leave for pregnancies or Medicare or whatever? What are you going to take away? And if you take it away, you should have that pinned to your shirt every fucking day. What we need to do right now is get the deal done. Get Mansion Cinema on board. Get it done. Give the Democrats some power coming into 2022. But once it's done, once you have your signatures on the bill and get it done, we need to address cinema and mansion. Because this won't be the only time they are a problem. You talk about cancel culture. A lot of people say, I hate cancel culture. I like cancel culture. If you do something fucked up, you should be exposed and be canceled. And I think we need to look at cinema And Joe Manchin, with consideration to the cancel culture, because both these idiots are doing some horrible things, and they should be exposed, and they should be punished for those things that they've done. Now, even if those things aren't illegal technically, they should be punished in such a way that they maybe get dropped from some committees, or they... uh, not get reelected. I know Christian Cinema's in trouble. She's got the entire party, the Democratic Party, working against her, trying to set up a uh, primary for her when her election comes due. It's not for like three and a half, four years, but when it does come due, you can bet the Democrats, unless she does some dramatic changes, are going to try to kick her out of office. And that would probably be the wise thing. Joe Manchin has his own problems. Don't like Joe Manchin. But uh, <clears throat> but Kristen Cinema is a wild card. You don't know what she's doing, and I think it's largely because she doesn't know what she's doing. She's just pulling shit out of her ass and throwing it against the wall to see what sticks. She's trying to exercise some power, and that's the thing. We've got Mansion and Cinema with all this power, and I think they're loving it. They're loving it big time. Now, with the infrastructure bill, some things you've got to consider. Here is the pressure on Joe Biden. I mentioned going to the climate summit. He wants something in his pocket for that. I get that. If he does not get that, you can trust that when Joe Biden gets back, he is going to be pissed off. And maybe it's about time that he uses his power as president uh, to fight against people like Manchin and Cinema. I don't even know what exactly he can do, but he's the fucking president. He should do something. Then there's a couple of other issues. We've got a lot of uh, elections going on around the country. The one that seems to be the most popular is a governor's race in Virginia. Now, we've got uh, McAuliffe, who is a Democrat, Yunkin, who's a Republican. Yunkin has been tied to Trump, and now he's trying to separate himself, but the Democrats keep attaching him. 
But that race is very close, and for whatever reason, the media is calling it a bellwether event. Like, if McAuliffe doesn't win, that uh, makes for a bad situation going into 2022 for the Democrats, which I disagree with, but that's what they think, and that's what they are dealing with. And there's the New Jersey governor's race and other races around the country. So Joe Biden's got in his head and people talking in his ear saying, God, get this thing passed so I've got something to run on when it comes to Election Day. Well, Election Day is the first part of November. Is it second or third? Whatever it is, it's coming quick. And they need something to show that the Democrats are working for the people in order to win their race. So um, so Joe Biden's got that hanging over his head, too. But there's one more big one that people are forgetting about. When they delayed all these uh, raising of the debt ceiling and that sort of thing, that's not coming till December. But guess what? On Sunday, October 31st, there are going to be a lot of Department of Transportation workers that are going to be furloughed because there will be no money for them. Can you imagine what's going to happen with that? Should that happen? That's going to be a problem. And that has to be resolved by Sunday. Now, here's the deal. The only way it can be resolved, the one way it can be resolved, is getting one of these infrastructure bills passed. One or both. So you might see Joe Biden and some of the Democrats saying, yeah, let's just sign the infrastructure bipartisan bill and we'll get the other one day and later. But the progressive Democrats are going to say that's bullshit. You're trying to trick us. You're trying to pull the wool over our eyes. No way we're not going to do that. So if neither of these bills get passed by October 31st, which is Sunday, these people are going to be out of work. They're not going to be making money anymore. And there's going to be a lot of people that are not fucking happy about it. So there's a lot of things hanging over Joe Biden's head and the Democrats' head. And the only roadblock to getting this done, Joe Manchin, Christian Cinema. And as I've said before, we need to get this done. Get them signing on the bottom line. And then after the fact, we need to go after these bastards. They put us through a bunch of stuff that net wasn't necessary. It was only to benefit themselves. So when it's done and we get what we need from them, then we have to go after them because they will do it again. And it will cause more problems. These people are not good people in our Democratic Party. Now, I will say this about uh, Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is from Virginia. It's a highly Republican state. Now, because of that highly Republican feel in Virg- er, in um, West Virginia, Joe Manchin is, well, he's kind of a gift to the Democrats. Because if not Joe Manchin, who is quasi-Democrat, but very conservative, we will likely get a real hardcore, crazy fucking Republican in there. So as much as we don't like Joe Manchin, we're probably fortunate that he's there because without him there, then the Republicans would have the majority. So 
in some respects, you got to be thankful for having Joe Manchin there, even though he's not very Democrat and he's not very flexible in the things we need to get done for the Democratic president and the Democratic Party. But honestly, he's probably better than the alternative. He's a little crooked. He's a little unethical. But at least he has that D behind his name, and that's helpful. That's what keeps the majority in the Democratic Party. So as much as we hate him, and we do, as much as we hate him, we have to be a little thankful because the alternative might be way worse. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. So the uh, trial for Kyle Rittenhouse is about ready to start. You remember Kyle Rittenhouse. He was the 16-year-old kid who went from Illinois to Wisconsin with an AR-15 to uh, fight the BLM terrorists in Wisconsin, in Kenosha, I believe. But not only did he do that, but he had mom drive him. Yep, mommy drove him to the riot. Her son with an AR-15 at 16 years old. So he's going on trial for shooting and killing some people. And uh, the judge is laying out some of the ground rules here. And a lot of people are upset about the fact that the judges said that the prosecution cannot refer to the people that uh, this clown, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, shot, can't refer to them as victims. But the uh, Democrats, (laughs) the defense team can refer to those same people as looters and rioters. Well, first and foremost, it's not surprising that uh, the prosecution can't call them victims. Clearly, if you're on trial, you're innocent until proven guilty. If you're innocent, they aren't victims. And besides that, the prosecution probably wouldn't refer to them as victims. They would probably refer to them by name so that they can humanize these people that were killed by this animal, Kyle Rittenhouse. So that's not a big deal. But it is a big deal that they're going to allow the defense team to refer to them as rioters and looters. That puts a negative sense on those people. It makes them look deserving of being shot by Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, the thing you need to know about this judge, Judge Bruce Schroeder, or Schrader, he's had a lot of problems in the past. He's had a lot of cases overturned by higher courts because of some of the stupid, ridiculous, racist things he does. Why he's still a judge, I don't know. The only possible explanation is it's fucking Wisconsin. And they have a lot of these people still in office and in the judiciary part of the state. So this guy, this judge, is a piece of work, as they say, and he is a problem. And it's going to be interesting to see what he does in this case. He seems to be siding with the Trumplicans, with Kyle Rittenhouse. He seems to be okay with some kid shooting these people. Now, there's some talk about it being um, self-defense, 
because I'll grant you the people that were coming after him did have weapons. And in that sense, it might be self-defense. However, let's look at the whole story here. Again, we have a 16-year-old kid, lives in Illinois, decides he's going to be a hero and go up to Wisconsin and fight against BLM. He brings an AR-15 and has mommy drive him to the riot. I don't know in what law book it says it's okay for a 16-year-old kid to take a semi-automatic weapon across state lines to go to a, a riot with the intent to teach people a lesson. That just does not make any sense. That is not legal in any part of the country, I can't imagine. Well, maybe Wisconsin. Now, don't we have to look at the mom here? She's the one that was in charge. She's the one that's the adult. Is she not an accessory to murder? Is she not negligent in uh, the handling of her child? Yeah, I would think so. Is she being looked at, maybe being tried or at least indicted for something? I haven't heard anything like that yet, but she should. I know if I had a 16-year-old son and he did something like that, I certainly wouldn't drive him there, and I certainly would punish him myself severely if he was stupid enough to do something like that. But apparently mom's all on board with this, and she's fine that this happened and that he did it. This poor boy is just being picked on for going up to another state and shooting people. For Christ's sake, he's only 16 years old. It's not like mom couldn't have stopped him. She could have just said, I'm not driving. (laughs) But here's the thing. When I talk about Wisconsin, now don't get me wrong. I live in Minnesota. I love Wisconsin. I go to Wisconsin a lot. I go to Bayfield. I go to Milwaukee. I go to La Crosse. I go to all those places. And I enjoy Wisconsin. And for the most part, the people are nice. Unless you're at a sporting event, then the Wisconsin fucking people are assholes. But that's beside the point. But you have to understand the lifestyle in Wisconsin is a little different than other states. They're talking about this kid being allowed to carry this gun because of hunting laws in Wisconsin. Are you fucking serious? a semi-automatic weapon, a 16-year-old kid. He's okay because there's hunting laws. you got to remember, this is a state. (laughs) I learned this lesson a long time ago, and I had no idea. I'll tell you this story, and this is part and parcel to how Wisconsin enforces laws or creates laws. My son and his friends went to school at the University of Minnesota Duluth. They're up there alone. They're in their house. They're doing whatever they're doing. They're doing whatever college kids are supposed to do. One day, my son calls me up and said, Hey, Dad. Now, they're 18, 19 years old. Say, Hey, Dad, why don't you come and spend some time with us up at the house? We'd love to see you. Now, my heart was just a flutter. I was excited. Oh, great. They want to see me. They want me to hang out. They called one of the other dads, who's a friend of mine. He was excited, too. Said, fuck yeah. We'll get in the car. We'll go up to Duluth and hang out with our boys. (laughs) Unfortunately, there was an ulterior motive. It wasn't so much that they wanted to hang out with us. It was that they could go to Wisconsin, which is just across the bridge, Superior. You can go to Wisconsin 
And anybody can drink of any age as long as their parents are with them. Can you imagine that? You can go to a Wisconsin bar right now, have a 14-year-old kid, have a beer and say, hey, you want a beer, 14-year-old? And he goes, sure. And they'll serve the kid because that's what they do in Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a little loose on a lot of things, and apparently hunting and carrying guns is one of them. So it's going to be very interesting to see what, in fact, happens with Kyle Rittenhouse. He should be punished. He killed somebody. He crossed state lines with a semi-automatic weapon at 16 years of age, and mom drove him to the fucking riot. I don't know what's going to happen with that. It doesn't sound promising with this dipshit of a judge that they have in Wisconsin. He's been told to step down by a number of people, but he doesn't do it. And for whatever reason, apparently Wisconsin can't force him to do it. He's there to spew his shit, his racism, his ridiculous judging of trials that frequently get overturned because they're a mess, but he's still there. It may be due to the fact that uh, his parents took him to bars when he was 12 and allowed him to drink as much as he wanted to drink. All right. There's other stuff going on, too, that you need to know about. Uh, Merrick Garland got hammered by Republicans as he was testifying in front of Congress. Now, these Republicans were upset because Merrick Garland had the audacity to consider using the FBI to protect school district officials. Here's the deal. With all these mask mandates and vaccination mandates and all these trumple fucks that don't like that shit, they started getting violent at school board meetings. They started threatening school officials. They started threatening their families, creating terroristic situations. I heard one official say they'd be sitting in their seats in front of this crowd and people would charge them with their fist raised making threats against them. This is fucking ridiculous. Now, the Republicans are upset because Merrick Garland said, well, we should get the FBI into this because we can't have this in our school districts. Now, now these Republicans are up in arms about the idea of using FBI to protect citizens in this case. But they don't give a shit about the citizens uh, making threats and getting violent with school district officials. If not the FBI, then who? Clearly the local police departments aren't doing jack shit, so you need to send in the FBI. And keep in mind, it's not just school district officials. We've got secretaries of state throughout the country. We've got election officials throughout the country who are constantly getting threatened, constantly being abused, constantly threatening their families. Yeah, we need the FBI involved in this because this shit needs to stop. There is no excuse for it, even if the Republicans don't care. They're all for that kind of activity because it moves along their agenda. Well, unfortunately, this is America, and we don't tolerate this shit. People who make terroristic threats need to suffer consequences. Now, the Republicans will have you believe that, well, this is just poor parents, Poor parents, and the FBI is all over them. It's like, it's like the SS from the Nazi Germany. 
Let me explain something to you. If you make a terroristic threat or take terroristic actions, I don't care if you're a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a priest, a nurse, a doctor, a fireman, a salesman. I don't care who you are as far as what you do. If you're making terroristic threats or taking terroristic actions, you're a fucking terrorist. And you need to be dealt with. There is no room for domestic terrorists in this country. Now, you can threaten violence, but you have to understand one thing. When it comes to our government, our military, our police, our FBI, if you come at this thing with violence, you will be met with violence. And it will be violence that overwhelms you. You aren't tough enough. You aren't strong enough. You aren't armed enough to fight against that. Sometimes in my heart, I think maybe that's the only way. Let them get violent and then just take them down. I mean, that sounds like an awful thing to say, but the fact of the matter is nothing else is stopping them. Maybe they need to be taken down a notch one way or another. Throw some fear back into their faces so they understand that they will be accountable. All these people that uh, mounted the insurrection against the U.S. Capitol, thought they were doing the right thing. They thought nobody could touch them. They thought Donald Trump will give them a blanket pardon. Well, that didn't happen. Now they're going to court. They're going to trial. Some are going to jail. And now they're scared because it took that to wake them the fuck up. And now they're testifying against Donald Trump, the Republicans, the people in uh, the House and in the Senate, and now they're scared. The troubling thing is it took this, it took this much effort to finally get them to understand, to believe that this is wrong and I might get in trouble. The same can be said for our people attacking school officials or secretaries of state or election Officials. Some of these people are just going to leave and retire because they don't need this bullshit. They're just doing their jobs, and because they're doing their jobs, their lives are threatened. You can't just let that happen. you got to push back. And if they want to get violent, so be it. But we better get violent back, otherwise we will never stop these people. It's apparently the only thing they believe. Scare the fuck out of them. Put them in jail or Confront them with violence. It takes that extent to get them to think and realize that, hey, I might be wrong. It's a frustrating thing. It really is. And uh, I'm not sure how this will all shake out. But uh, there comes a time in everyone's life you got to get tough. You got to push back. You got to fight back. And if this isn't the time for Democrats and the people of this country, I don't know what time is. If this isn't the time to fight back, there is no time to fight back. We just have to curl up in the corner and cry and hope for the best and get run over like the Democrats always do. Time has come. We've got to get tough with these people because they aren't stopping uh, with what we're doing now. But they must stop. People shouldn't have to suffer through these threats and the danger and the violence that these people are inflicting on 
school district officials, election officials, secretaries of state, or just anybody. I mean, if you're Joe Average and you're talking to a Republican right now, it's not odd for them to lose their shit, get emotional, want to fight. That's not what America's about. And I know for me, when I get those people that confront me, I feel very close to the point where I'm going, I just need to punch this motherfucker because it's apparently the only thing they understand. Of course, I refrain from it because I'm an old man. I'm not as tough as I used to be, and I have a little money so I can get fucking sued. So before I do something like that, I'm going to think very hard. And unless they're attacking me, I'm going to hold back a bit because no matter how tough you are, if you get in a fight, you're going to get hurt, even if you win. So it's never worth fighting over. But I'm frustrated because it seems like that's the only thing they understand. We'll see. Last thing we're going to talk about, um, you know, I mentioned in a podcast previously about Jeffrey Clark testifying in front of the House Select Committee on Friday, this Friday, a couple days away from this recording anyway. Who knows when you're listening to this. But um, Jeffrey Clark was the uh, Assistant Attorney General in charge of the environment or something. He was a low-level guy in the DOJ. And he's the gentleman that came up with the idea of writing letters to those states, Secretary of States, where Donald Trump lost. And what he was going to do is say, hey, we found out there's a lot of election fraud. You've got to stop everything. You can't certify it. He was going to send these out to the various states. Now, he's nobody. So he asked to send it up the line to the uh, attorney general, who was Rosen at the time. Rosen said, fuck that. We're not doing that. That's crazy. That's stupid. Now, you have to understand what Jeffrey Clark did there was bordering on sedition or, or treason. So he's in a heap of trouble. He needed Rosen to go along with him, and he didn't. Rosen has testified in front of the House Select Committee, so they know a lot of shit about what's going on with Jeffrey Clark. So Jeffrey Clark is voluntarily going to testify in front of the House Select Committee. He really has to. What's going to happen to him? I don't know. He could theoretically be indicted. He could theoretically be tried. And he could go to jail for treason, which is no small case. So Jeffrey Clark is scared shitless. He's a nobody that didn't have any power, tried to act like he did. There was talk of even replacing Rosen with this clown, Jeffrey Clark, so Donald Trump could get done what he wanted to get done. Fortunately, saner minds stood up and said, if you do this, we're all resigning. So Donald Trump had no ability to pull this off without causing huge damage to his administration, so he didn't do it. But just because it wasn't successful doesn't mean Jeffrey Clark isn't guilty. He knows he's guilty. He knows he's caught, so he has no choice but to sit in front of the House Select Committee. Now, what's going to be interesting about this is they're going to ask him about his communications with Donald Trump prior to and during the insurrection. That's going to tell a lot of things. We're going to find out about whether Donald Trump, to the extent he was involved, 
how this clown came up with this idea. I can't believe it was his idea because he was nobody. He was a underling. But somehow he felt empowered. And I guess if the president of the United States tells you it's okay, then maybe you feel empowered. And once that is exposed, that opens the floodgates to a lot more shit. Now, theoretically, he could show up and just plead the fifth. That may be. But that may cause him more problems than he could ever hope for. Maybe he's looking for some kind of deal. So when he goes to jail, and he will go to jail, that uh, it'll be a little less because he was helpful. We've seen that before with some other people now. So Jeffrey Clark is going to testify on Friday. We'll see what happens there. The one other thing I talked about earlier, there's a lawyer named John Eastman. He is Trump's lawyer. He was part of these uh, war room meetings at the Willard Hotel near the U.S. Capitol. He is the guy that wrote the memos that told everybody how they could overturn the election, how Mike Pence had the ability to overturn the election. Well, he's been questioned about it. He looked at the memo and he says, yeah, no, that's crazy. That's fucking nuts. And then the next day he talks to a quasi-supporter, it's recorded, and he sounds like he's all in on it. So that pretty much settled it. And the House Select Committee will subpoena him. And he's going to have some trouble. He's probably going to get disbarred. And he could go to jail unless he decides to talk. So expect him to get a subpoena and expect him to have to come testify. So a lot of shit happening, as always. I want to remind you, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, by all means, email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer Podcast, and leave me a voicemail message. Always interested in hearing from you. All right, let's wrap things up. We'll be back again very soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.